0: Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, to my way or the highway. Oh, command me, Lord. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound. i'll have what she's having
1: you have chosen wise. It reminds us of all that once was good and it could be again okay. my calculations are correct when this baby hits 88 miles per hour you're gonna see some serious you're listening to the 30 something movie podcast classic movies 30 years in the making you're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. It's episode number 244. We are marching on our way to 250. Uh, we're almost there. Almost there. It's stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. Okay. Uh, so we're getting very, very close to 250, but we're at 244 right now, and that's pretty mm-hmm. good, too. Uh, as you can hear, I've got a Pat Kanagawa with me.
0: Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, John. How you doing, Pat? I'm doing really well. Good.
1: We were just talking about how you were excited that they're going to have some kind of a race car close to where we work tomorrow.
0: Yeah, we, we actually got the warning through the uh the interweb saying if you hear a lot, which just the fact that they got to send that out kind of cracks me up, but uh,
1: right. I Usually think, we only have to do that when we have the civil war reenactors that fire the cannons.
0: Yeah, I know, but mm-hmm. it's like if you hear a loud noise, you know, um, I <laughs>
1: Mr. Yeah. Canagallo will be canceling all classes and headed <laughs> yeah, down the That's street.
0: right. That's right, man. I want in-district release time. Mm-hmm. I want them to run a... Because de- they do that in places. They'll block off city streets and have F1 cars tear through the city and yeah. Yeah, I, like do a couple of demo runs down Hawthorne Parkway.
1: I feel like if you want to add more like STEM classes, the science and, and technology and engineering and... Right. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all yeah. I'm saying.
0: And I, I think it's a top-field drag... Well, anyways.
1: Okay. Well... I- I'm sure you'll see it at some point, so yes. you, can, you can give her by the lowdown.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: All right. Well, tonight we're here to talk. Tonight we're here. It, it's not quite, as we're recording this, it's not quite dark enough yet. I feel like if we could have waited till it was a full moon, it would have been yeah. a good time to record this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, for American Werewolf in London. This is part of our Movies We Missed month where we're going back and uh, because of a clerical error that John made when he was trying to plan out this year, mm-hmm. um, ended up not having anything planned for May or I planned the wrong movies for May. And right. so uh, so we had a month that was free. So we decided, hey, we're finishing up our 80s, uh, our romp through the 80s here. So before we move on to the 90s, let's go ahead and take a look back at some movies maybe that we missed because we started in kind of the 84, 85 years. So, is there anything that maybe we didn't get to in the shows that we've done so far? Or is there something that was from 80 to 83 that we didn't get to at all because we just didn't, we weren't podcasting those years? So, this in, is in this short, part? we
0: in short, we just have to go back and clean up the timeline.
1: We do, we're cleaning up the timeline. We're putting, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much. Mm-mm. Yep. No, it's easy
0: though, right? Yeah. It's easy. Like I have almost, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm hmm. You're talking Game of Thrones, right?
0: Oh, no, I was talking. Well, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm about... just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So you know what I'm talking about?
1: I know what you're talking about.
0: Well, I don't want to. Yeah. So I, I got to just. We're talking
1: off. about the Gray yeah. sports almanac gray
0: sports almanac. Oh boy. God. Yeah. Movies are fun.
1: wish I would have gone back and put some money on the cubbies. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we are talking American werewolf in London and uh, it's from 1981. This was my choice. So I'll, I'll talk uh, a little bit more about why I made this choice. Cause there are plenty of eighties movies, um, that I did not choose, that I could have chosen, that we have not covered, but I went with this one. Yes, you did. And and I have reasons why I went for this one over some others that might have been more obvious for people who know me well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll be talking American Werewolf in London tonight. But very, very quickly, we do spoil the movies we talk about. So if you hear us start to talk about a movie, even in this intro section here, we may spoil a little bit of the movie for you. We kind of We don't hold back in our conversations, or we try not to. And at the very least, we try to very quickly let you know that spoilers are coming. We're going to talk in just a few minutes about a trailer that came out soon. So just be aware. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, You can skip it if you want to. But um, we're going to be talking about the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, Mm -hmm. which has some spoilers if you have not seen Avengers Endgame yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you go watch the trailer, they they have a little disclaimer at the beginning. Tom Holland, the actor, comes on and has a little disclaimer at the beginning to just say, hey, if you haven't seen Endgame, don't watch this trailer yet because it's got spoilers. So there's that. If you haven't left us a review on iTunes, please go ahead and do that. It just takes a few seconds. Uh, let's us know what we're doing right or what we can work on. Just lets us know how people are enjoying the show. So if you've got a minute, we'd really appreciate that. That would help us out tremendously. And then visit our website if you want to find more about our show. We are on most of the social media spots, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. But you can find the best ways to get to our webs uh, to get to our content is through 30podcast.com. It's three, zero, and the word is the best way to find all the different ways that you can interact with our show. So, so as I said tonight, I've got Pat with me. Um, we are, I've got a, two things really fast for our news items, and then we can jump on into our this week in, uh, this time it'll be this week in 81, and then we'll jump on into talking about our movie. So very, very fast. And Pat, I could just about guarantee you have not seen this one, It Chapter 2 trailer?
0: Yep. Nope, haven't.
1: Okay. All right. So I won't go into detail on this one. Let's just say... The, if you've seen it, uh, the original, not the, well, yeah, the original one, but mm-hmm. if you've seen the it movie from a couple of years ago, uh, this is a continuation of that story, obviously it chapter two, and it is carrying on several years later. The kids are grown up now and the trailer, I don't want to say there's too much that's scary in the trailer, but it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tension when you watch this trailer. So it makes you feel very uneasy watching this trailer. So there's not too much that's
0: frightening. Mm-hmm.
1: You just, you feel very ill at ease when watching it.
0: The way they crafted this.
1: Yes. Yeah. And so they did a great job with the trailer, you know, not really giving away anything about the story or the movie, but you just, you feel a little creeped out and you feel like something's wrong.
0: Okay.
1: So it was very well done. Um, That's all I want to say about that. I will put a link to the trailer in the show notes. So if anybody wants to go watch it, they totally can. Don't watch it with kids around, especially if your kids like, or don't like clowns, Uh, don't watch it. Okay, so Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, let's just say we're going to say some things here in the next, oh, few minutes or so, so check the show notes if you want to skip ahead a little bit, probably plan to skip ahead, I don't know, we won't talk about it for very long, but maybe like three or four minutes, maybe skip ahead, and uh, we'll try to avoid most of the most of the spoilers there, so we've now warned you, we're now moving on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, you saw it? I did. Yeah. So we saw it. I saw it before going to see Endgame again in the theater. And then when I took my daughter to see Endgame just a few days ago, they actually tacked it on after the movie. So okay. they had the actor came on before the movie and so before the uh, Endgame started, and said, "Hey, by the way, we wanted to show you the new uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, but there's spoilers in it, and you're about to watch Endgame, so we're going to put the trailer after the movie. So stick oh. around after the credits, so you can see this trailer." Okay. So that was kind of a cool way of doing it. Uh, the funniest part was it really freaked out my daughter. She goes, Spider-Man's British? well, sweetheart, I did, because then I said, okay, well, I, I got some news for you. Um, you know, Dr. Strange in this movie, he's also British. And, um, you know, Nebula, the character Nebula, she's Scottish. And, you know, Thor, he's Australian. She's like, what? what? I said, yeah, there's a lot of different actors that they can do a really good American accent. So, you know, if they want to fit the character that they're playing, they use a different accent. But it completely blew her mind that Spider-Man was British.
0: That's crazy.
1: So, the trailer looks a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. The movie looks like it's a lot of fun. And here's, I'm going to jump right into it. I think most of this movie takes place in another
0: universe. That's kind of seems to be the scuttlebutt. Yeah. That seems to be the scuttlebutt. So
1: there's a phrase in the trailer where um, kind of to set things up and that, that kind of opens up some brand new things for the Marvel movies too. They mention a multiverse and mm-hmm. Nick Fury even says the snap, you know, the famous Thanos mm-hmm. snap tore a hole in our reality and allowed things to kind of seep in from other worlds or whatnot. And then he says another line in the trailer where he says, we've got a mission. Are you coming with us? Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel like, you know, he's on, I think we're supposed to look at the title of this movie and think, Oh, Spider-Man's on vacation. So therefore he's not, fighting crime in New York, he's far from home. Mm -hmm. But I think that title is also supposed to mean he's not even on this earth. He's in a completely different universe, helping Mysterio do whatever it is that they're doing. That's my guess. That's just based on what I saw in the trailer and just what I'm speculating. That's my guess.
0: Right, right.
1: But it looks like a lot of fun.
0: Yes. like
1: I thought the first Spider-Man movie was really fun and I'm looking forward to what they do with this one too. So yeah. I like that we've got a few different suits in there too. We've got a, kind of got like the the black like stealthy suit, and we've got the Iron Spider suit from Endgame. We've got the typical Spider Man suit. So plenty of plenty of things to have fun with.
0: It it does, and I mean that's kind of the thing that gets exciting is it's like here we go again. You know, I mean just there, and and I know some people would say, oh, just turning them out, turning them out. But I I just really enjoy everything they're doing with the Marvel movies. So yeah, just keep unfolding that world and, and keep making great movies because. Yeah, they're fun to watch.
1: Yeah. Um, So I don't know if I want to say any more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll put a link to the trailer in the show notes. Um, One thing I did want to say real quick because um, I wanted to mention this because I think I just saw it on Twitter. Uh, Yes, I think it was. Okay, so somebody I follow on Twitter, uh, his name is Derek Russell. He's been on a lot of different podcasts. Um, He's a newspaper writer, used to write for the, um, I think there was a Smallville magazine back when the TV show was on, Mm -hmm. he and another guy that i listened to their podcasts uh, they used to do a podcast for smallville uh, where they went through and they discussed every episode as the tv show came out and um i don't know if there were any other smallville podcasts theirs was clearly the best but Mm -hmm. um i don't know if there are any others out there but it's the only one i listen to he just tweeted something um and said eight years ago right now um i was watching the smallville series finale
0: oh my gosh
1: which I'm looking at that going is that already because I watched that show from oh, yeah. the first night it was on up until the series finale ten years later, um, and it's weird to think that that's already eight years ago at this point. Dang! So Dang. just saw that wanted to mention it, but yeah, so eight years ago as of eight years ago today I guess was the mm-hmm. ending of of Smallville.
0: Mm-hmm. Time flies. Which
1: which without that show we wouldn't have gotten Arrow and probably Gotham and all the other superhero shows. We probably wouldn't have most of the other stuff that's going on right now, so.
0: That show kind of busted the door open.
1: hmm right. Cool. The Flash, the, all those others, yeah.
0: Yeah, very cool. All
1: yeah. right, well, that's going to do it for news. Uh, let's jump back in the DeLorean and go to 1981. So we are oh, roughly... Yeah. Roughly the week of uh, May 15th to May 21st, 1981. And there's something in here that I didn't have a chance to look up, but it involves the Indy 500. So maybe you have more information on
0: it. Ooh, okay. I'm going gonna,
1: I'm gonna to put your knowledge to the test here and oh, see if you can answer this. On me. the
0: spot. I'm not. Okay. I'm putting down the Google thing. Let's see okay. what I know. Because okay. we are in the month of May, John.
1: Okay. What's the month of May?
0: Indy 500.
1: Oh, Indy 500, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so here's my, I, I've got three events that happened roughly in this kind of this week uh, of 1981 and then uh, top book that came the top book for this week, top movie for this week and top song. Uh, so May 15th was the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island episode airs. Okay. All right. That was a great one, I remember that one. Um, I don't remember that because I was what? One year old, six months old at the time? Yeah. Six yeah. months old at the time. So I don't remember personally watching that one. <laughs> But I remember seeing that one in reruns.
0: When it came out.
1: Right. Or not when um, it came out,
0: but when you saw it, yeah. When
1: I saw it later, right, right. Uh, I'm kind of glad that Bo and Jeff are not here for this one because on May 16th, the Houston Astro Craig Reynolds hits three triples beating the Cubs six to one. Oh. It's noticeable because that's a crazy amount of triples in one game. But yeah. I, I knew that, you know, beating the Cubs was not going to be something that Jeff or Bo are going to want to hear about.
0: They're going to stand up and cheer for it, right?
1: Right, right, right. Uh so here's the one I need more information on if you've Uh-oh. got it. Uh-oh. So May 22nd, 1981. This is what I found but I didn't have time to go clarify or or look up what this means. Uh if I mention the name Bobby Unser? Yeah. Okay. Uncle Bobby? Okay. So what I have here is that on May 22nd, 1981, he wins, loses and wins the Indy 500.
0: Wins, loses, and wins the Indy 500 on May 22nd.
1: Yeah. He wins, loses, and wins a controversial Indy 500.
0: Okay. Well, that, that one one of
1: the other answers I saw, one of the things I saw said that he was the first racer to be disqualified as a winner, but then it looks like eventually he's given the win back.
0: Yeah. That's kind of what my guess would be. You know, I, I can't, I can't sit there and unfold the story for you. Um, you know, Bobby Unser is obviously one of the greats, uh, to ever run at Indy and, um later became just (laughs) a very entertaining, uh, commentator for the thing, uh, for IndyCar as well. But I don't know, there always seems to be like any of this, there always seems to be some huge controversial races, you know? Um, so I gotta be honest with you. I think at this point we'd have to just go to the Google and find out what happened. Um,
1: okay. Which I did while you were talking.
0: Okay. There you go. I I had a
1: chance to jump in there real fast. We got to put the Um, Wayne's
0: world like, all
1: right. What did Um, you do? So the 65th Indianapolis 500 was held, uh, I'm reading off of Wikipedia here, okay. Um, uh, Speedway in Indiana on Sunday, May 24th, oh, it was May 24th, 1981. Okay. Okay. Um, it's widely considered one of the most controversial races in Indy history. Bobby Unser took the checkered flag as the winner with Mario Andretti second. After the conclusion of the race, USAC officials ruled that Unser had passed cars illegally while exiting the pit area during a caution. Okay. Unser was subsequently issued a one position penalty. The next morning, the official race results were posted and Unser was dropped to second place. Mario Andretti was elevated to first place and declared the race winner. After a lengthy protest and appeals process, the penalty was rescinded and Unser was reinstated the victory on October 9th, several months later. Mm-hmm. Um, officially it became Unser's third career Indy 500 victory and his final win in Indy car competition. Yeah. So, so it looks like there was a bit of controversy a bit of there that had to be. Had to be resolved.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of drama there. All right. Well, okay. that's good to know.
1: I didn't, I didn't know if you'd know that one off the top of your head or not. So I, I just well, throw I, that in there.
0: Yeah. That's well, it's good to know now. And yeah, some, sometimes those things always, you know, it goes to the courts and it's like right. y- you never really want it to, you kind of want it to be on track, but yeah. Oh, well
1: uh top movie was noble house by james Clavell. top movie was happy birthday to me a uh, slasher film directed by jay lee thompson starring melissa sue anderson and glenn ford and the top song was betty davis eyes by kim Carnes. all right are we ready to go to london
0: let's go to london
1: the moon is shining we're ready to go to london let's go to london i
0: see london i see france
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. he was not wearing
0: any underpants yeah yeah, though he had a Mm -hmm. problem with that
1: (laughs) naked american man stole my balloons <laughs> um, a movie is an American werewolf in London. Well, it came out on the 21st of August, 1981, rated very much R. Mm. Uh, with runtime of one hour, 37 minutes. Directed by John Landis, who also did Animal House, Blues Brothers, and Three Amigos. Producers for this one, our producer for this one were George, George Folsey Jr., who also produced Blues Brothers, Spies Like Us, Clue, and Coming to America. Just a few little things here and there. Mm-hmm. Writer on this one was John Landis, uh, who did Blues Brothers and Clue. Cinematography was done by Robert Painter, who died in 2010. He did cinematography for Superman 2 II and 3, Muppets Take Manhattan, and Little Shop of Horrors. Music was done by Elmer Bernstein, uh, who died in 2004. He did The Ten Commandments, Ghostbusters, and Animal House. Budget on this one was 5.8 million and box office was 62 million. And I completely forgot to write down the reviews for this one, so I can throw that stuff in there later.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Uh, I thought I had all my notes done, and I'm looking here, and everything's completely blank. So I'll do that later. Starring David Naughton as David Kessler, David, David, uh, he was in Steel and Lace and Sharknado 5, and they found him. I'll just throw this little bit of trivia in there because he was doing the Dr. Pepper ads at the time, so that's Mm -hmm. what he was famous for then. Griffin Dunn played Jack Goodman. He was in After Hours and the Dallas Buyers Club. Mm -hmm. David Schofield played the Dark Player. He was in Gladiator and Valkyrie. Brian Glover, who died in 1997, was the chess player. He was in Alien 3 and 1942, A Love Story. Lila Kay died in 2012. She was the barmaid. She was in the 1984 version of The Invisible Man and the 1966 version of David Copperfield. Jenny Agutter played Nurse Alex Price. She was in Logan's Run, the British Avengers, not the Avengers Avengers Mm -hmm. um, and call the midwife. Okay. John Woodvine played Dr. J S Hirsch. He was in Miss Potter and edge of darkness. Okay. Frank, Frank Oz was Mr. Collins. He was in the Muppet movies and star Wars movies. Don McKillop who died in 2005 was inspector Villiers. He was in doctor who and Paul Kember played Sergeant McManus. He was in the great train robbery. Here's a trailer and we'll be back in just a second.
0: Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it?
1: Could be a lot of things. Yeah?
0: A coyote. There aren't any coyotes in England. I'm sorry I'm upsetting you, David, but you don't understand what's going on. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Yes, that's right. David, stop! I'm going to
1: the police! Jack was right. Jack is dead. Jack is dead and six people are dead. There's going to be a full moon tonight. I'm going to the cops.
0: Oh, be serious, would you? You can't let them go. Should the world know our business. It's murder then. Then murder it is. Excuse me. I'm a werewolf. A
1: werewolf? The naked American man stole my balloons. What? <laughs> it's not
0: <okay>. that! <laughs> right, come on! Let me hurry <laughs> up! <Stop the target. laughs>
1: Okay. So basic plot of this movie is, uh, this is a horror movie. Obviously it's a werewolf movie, horror movie. These two American boys are backpacking their way across Europe and, uh, they find themselves in, um, seems like it's supposed to be Northern England, or I kind of forget where, uh, the village is supposed to be, but they're kind of off the beaten path a little bit. And, uh, they head into a pub and they're hoping to get warm and get some food and they end up leaving the pub because they are feeling very unwelcome by the uh, local denizens and as they do they they are warned to keep to the roads stay off the moors but they're walking and they're talking and they're you know reminiscing about girls and all kinds of other stuff and then they find that uh, it's raining they start running and they realize they're off the road and on the moors and they are ultimately attacked by a werewolf Mm. um the, the friend Jack is killed by the werewolf, uh, but David is only mauled. And so the uh, the next little bit, you have him waking up in a hospital in London. And uh, from there, he starts having these very vivid nightmares. Uh, when he is uh, discharged from the hospital, he ends up staying with Nurse Price for a little bit. They very quickly fall in love and, and start a relationship with each other. And just as quickly, the next time that there is a full moon, <coughs> excuse me, the next time that there is a full moon, uh, David goes through a bit of a change
0: mm-hmm.
1: and changes into the movie's werewolf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I have a little bit of tea here. That'll help my throat.
0: Okay. I was going to say, do you need a...
1: There we go. I'm taking take a little little tea break there. John, uh, are it by
0: it, any furry animals it, or... It's
1: a... Uh, well, no, not unless you count one of my kids.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to turn into a were-child. <laughs> well, it's a very British movie, so I felt like I should have some tea. Yeah. That's the one part at the beginning of the movie when they go into the pub. Mm-hmm. Do you have any of th- No. Do you have any of this? No. No. Would you like some tea? Yes. Do you have some? No. <laughs> but I can make you some. <laughs>
0: that yeah. was funny.
1: Um, so he becomes a werewolf and he kind of goes off on his his first little jaunt as a werewolf and some people get murdered. And uh, as the movie progresses, you know he he doesn't believe that this is happening to him or going to happen to him. But then he also keeps hallucinating that he's seeing his dead friend Jack. And Jack is telling him, we were attacked by a werewolf. You're going to turn, you're going to kill people. Therefore, you need to kill yourself because until you do, anyone under the werewolf's curse is undead. Like Mm -hmm. we cannot pass on to the afterlife until the curse is lifted. Therefore, I will continue to stay undead and I will continue to bother you. And the people that you kill will stay undead and continue to bother you until you kill yourself. Um, and so that's kind of the premise for most of the movie is David doesn't believe it until the first time that he wakes up naked in the wolf pen at the zoo. Um, and then, uh, he kind of realizes what's going on, but at that point it's a little bit too late. And when he turns into the werewolf again, he kind of goes off onto a a killing spree in London. And ultimately, um, as I said, we're spoiling the movie. We're just going to talk all about it. So we get to the end of the movie. Uh, he's on a kind of a rampage through Piccadilly circus cars crashing everywhere, um they corner him in an alley alex shows up uh, there there's a little bit of a line kind of earlier in the movie where uh he believes something like i don't know if it's from a from a movie that he saw before but he believes that only the werewolf can only be killed by someone who loves them um oh, really? and so you see him as the werewolf in the alleyway at the end of the movie alex is there the police have come down as well she's trying to talk him down and ultimately we think that he's probably about to charge her and attack her yeah. and the police gun him down and the movie ends with his dead naked human body, uh, in the alleyway and everybody's crying and, and then it cuts to uh blue moon. Yes. So I originally, when I first saw this movie, I think my, I think my dad introduced me to this movie, or at least he told me about it. And then I went and watched it when I wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I feel like I saw this ooh, maybe at like age 12.
0: Oh, good. Yeah.
1: Oh, right. Um, I feel like I saw this maybe at age 12 and I feel like this is one of those times where I was staying up way past when I should have stayed up. It was probably on TV late at night when we lived in England. Um I I can't imagine where I would have rented it or how I would have watched it that way. So it's got to be something that was on TV. I don't think we had a copy of this even though my dad loved this movie. Um cool. so I don't remember the first time I watched it. I just know I was I was a kid. Like mm-hmm. I was maybe a teenager just barely though. Um, and the horror parts of this movie freaked me out. Oh, yeah. like there, there are some scenes in this movie that are a little scary, especially that one of the first parts where the nurse kind of looks down at him and all of a sudden you see, he's got the sharp teeth, the yellow eyes and the white face. Mm-hmm. Um, that part freaked me out. I, I got, I would not watch this movie for a long time because that part terrified me. Um, but the more I've watched this as an adult, it's, you know, the horror is still there, but it's not as scary to me anymore. This movie is hilarious. Yeah, Like this, the fact that I know that John Landis wrote this movie, it just, every time I go watch this now, I think of this as more of a, yeah, it's got some horror stuff, but I'm going to have a lot of fun watching this. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, real quick, and then I'm going to ask you, because this is the first time you ever saw this movie. Yes. Yeah. So I, very, very quickly, the reason I picked this movie, uh, I was going back and forth and originally I had picked uh, either Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. We did not get to either of those uh, previously in the, in the podcast. We did a 40, 40th anniversary one for A New Hope um, a couple years ago, but we did not get a chance to do uh-huh. those. And so anybody who knows me knows that I'm typically going to go for Star Wars stuff, but I also figured, you know what? we might do a 40th anniversary one for Empire Strikes Back next year mm-hmm. uh, when we get to 1990. So, you know, and I feel like star Wars is the obvious choice for me. So I was listening, I was actually listening to a podcast and, and watched this movie not too long ago. And I just was like, you know what this, I really like this movie. Like there is so much I enjoy about this movie. I laugh out loud at so many parts of this movie. I should just do this one. So I ended cool. up picking this one like this is, I, I was kind of going back and forth. Like, do I do one that's my favorite or do I do one that I think, Maybe not as many people ha- today have watched this, and so I'd want to do it so that people could, you know, hear a recommendation for why they should go see it. So I kind of went that route. Okay. And that's, cool. that's why I decided to choose American Werewolf in London because it's, you know, I, I don't think I need to tell anybody that they should go see Star Wars movies. Right. I would feel like there's a lot of people doing that. So so that's why I ended up picking this one. Cool. Um, so I've seen this one many, many times, but this is the first time you've seen this one. You're not a huge fan of horror. Yeah. So how did, how did this one, I talked to you the other day when you said that you were about uh, half an hour into it Yeah. and it seemed like you were enjoying it. So, so what'd you yeah. think?
0: It was, it was a fun movie, you know, it was a fun movie and I, I usually steer clear of these things, but I mean, it almost was kind of like, uh, when we watched evil dead part two and as I was watching it I'm like, oh, this isn't my thing. And then it was like, yeah, but this is pretty fun. And then, you you know, especially I think, I think it's, it's the, when there's a comedic aspect of the horror I think I can tolerate it, you know, when the – if there's, you know, some horror elements, but, you know, the people can combat the horror. Like Tammy's always telling me, how do you not like horror, but you love Lord of the Rings? Like that just does not compute for her. Even – I mean, it's funny. I show Dominic all these trailers, and I'm like, hey, do you think you're ready for this? Do you think you're ready for this? And uh, he'll say yeah or no. And Lord of the Rings, he was just like, "Uh, Dad, can we just shut the trailer off even? Like I don't – and it's like it's (laughs) Lord of the Rings. Like I'm not – like, how is that scary? But I think it's like, it's sort of like if it's like a mixed drink, right? As long as you put something in to water it down or mix it up or whatever, I, I think I can tolerate the horror. Right. Um, so this one, yeah, I, I I got into it. And, you know, it was kind of, I I don't want this to be a slam, but it was kind of like, uh, it was predictable. You know, like even the mm-hmm. like freak out points. Okay, I jumped, but it was like, yeah, am I really surprised? You know, I mean, y- yeah, of course this is going to happen. And We already made the spoiler call, so I can oh, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Go I mean, me. you know, like when he's in the dream, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, okay, clearly he's dreaming, because when did he get home? And then all of a sudden, like the weird like neo-Nazi looking guys come in and like machine gun everybody down. Right. And then it was just like, okay, yep, that's that's pretty crazy. And then he's in like the second dream, and uh, you don't realize that, like that got me. So I'm like, okay, but I'm, it's like, am I really surprised that he was like in, in a double layer dream? No, I've seen Inception. I get how that works, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, all that kind of stuff, but, uh, um, yeah, it's, it was, it was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good time. Interesting. Well, shoot two things. I didn't give much of a spoiler heads up for inception. So if you need to strike that comment,
1: you
0: know, I I don't think it gave away that much.
1: Yeah, no, we're good.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. It's old enough. People should have seen it, but Hey, feel free if we need to strike that line or if you need to pause on, on the, on the editing of this sorry about that listening audience anyways um i'll be honest i i didn't know how i felt about this movie like i'm like am i supposed to be laughing at this or not and there were some scenes that like when he's in the movie theater and like they're all talking to him you know and one guy's like hey jerk why don't you off yourself and he's like hey buddy that's my friend you're talking about well he's your friend but you knew him before now i just you know like like and then the the, the married couple was there like going oh well i think you can right. just like take some sleeping pill and they were all like happy about it you know oh yes you should
1: definitely use a gun
0: <laughs> yeah it was i mean i dug that mm-hmm. but here's the thing and i i know we've been talking about the soundtrack show podcast yeah and maybe that kind of line of thought is 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 getting me i don't remember any music in this i mean i remember them playing blue moon and they um the credence clearwater bad moon mm-hmm. horizon or whatever and it was like okay that's kind of given me you know the vibes that you know were were tongue in cheek here cuz when the music came in it really set the scene to be something comedic right but i don't remember any score like when you said elmer bernstein did the music for this mm-hmm. i'm i'm dumbfounded like i don't remember any of his any, Not much <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. remember any spots and i think that was the problem i'm sorry i'm going to wrap up my comments no I've, yeah But I think that was the problem. And I told Jeff, I didn't know how to feel about this because I didn't have any music framing this for me. Mm -hmm. Are these guys supposed to be comedic? Are we supposed to feel bad? Are we supposed to feel sad? Are we supposed to be cheering for them? Are we not supposed to be cheering for, you know, there, there really was no direction of it saying, yeah, this is, you know, this is really bad stuff. You should be terrified or Mm -hmm. yeah, this is bad, but it's all kind of in good fun. And you know, and the music can, can shape that depending on what they would do. And I mean, you know, just, and then I was thinking like, okay, well, what would be an example of, well, like Tales from the Crypt. If you hear the Tales from the Crypt theme, okay, you know, the Tales from the Crypt, you're going to get a story of the macabre and it's, it's going to be something kind of sinister. But the way that theme plays, you're always left with a, yeah, it's going to be kind of a romp. It's going to be fun. Yeah. You just go with it, enjoy it. And the Crypt Keeper is a little crazy. And, You know this is supposed to be enjoyed so i would imagine like if there was a little bit more of that music in there then we would get the feeling a little bit that this is supposed to be a fun just kind of a romp right if you wanted it to be more scary then you could pick something else that doesn't have you know and that's where you actually get a musician to you know write you something so on and so forth but that was my one thing with this movie is i was kind of left with a i don't know how i'm supposed to feel about this Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah I mean, then obviously when blue moon came on, when the credits rolled, it oh, was like,
1: That's, that may be my favorite part of the whole movie.
0: Well, yeah. And it's, it's just because there's such a, a gap of music when that hits, it's, it's like a, it's like getting a runner's high or a super high mm-hmm. concentrated dose. It was like, oh, and then I found myself sitting there laughing, but I, 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 that was the one piece that kind of threw me was the lack of music. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't know which way we're going with this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. That's, um, yeah, and I, I, obviously I think that's probably done intentionally to keep you. You know, you you've gone thinking you're going to see a horror movie. You know, American Werewolf in London.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The title mm-hmm. I think maybe a little bit gives you the idea that there's going to be some goofy stuff going on because it's not right. a very scary sounding title. Yeah, it's like an American Werewolf in London, like that. What? That's not scary. Mm-hmm. You know, you have other movies coming out around about the time that were like the Howling and the Wolfman and Curse of the Werewolf and like all these other movie titles that are at least a little foreboding. This just sounds like a travel movie. Right. American Werewolf in London. Okay. Um, I did look up to see there are Elmer Bernstein's music is only played about three times. Okay. Uh, he has the music during his nightmares. Uh, he, there's music, uh, there's Bernstein music when Dr. Hirsch is driving through the moors to get to the slaughtered lamb pub. Okay. And then, um, at the end when Alex confronts David in the alleyway, Okay. And apparently I was looking here on the, on the Wikipedia page. They said that he wrote music to kind of accompany the transformation scene, but John Landis decided he wanted to use a different version of, I think it was a, a Sam Cooke version of blue moon. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause there were two different versions of blue moon.
1: Y- actually there were three. There wow. was the, at the very beginning of the movie over the opening credits. Okay. There was a Bobby Vinton kind of a very slow version of it. Okay. And then That's you right. had the uh, Sam Cooke. Um, you know, kind of, I don't want to kind of a quieter version as he's, well, kind of, yeah, kind of a little bit of a softer version as he's going through his transformation. And then you have, I think it was the Marcells have mm-hmm. the doo-wop version of it right. at the end of the movie. So yeah, you've got three different, and that was something John Landis wanted to do. He's like, I had tried to fit as many songs that have the word moon in them as possible
0: mm-hmm.
1: in this movie, just to be ridiculous. Right. So, yeah. So other than that, though, I think those three other, the three other scenes, his nightmares, the drive through the moors, and her confronting him in the alleyway at the very end, that's the only time you get any of Elmer Bernstein's music. Otherwise, it's it's all the uh, blue moon, bad moon rising, moon dance, all that stuff.
0: Huh. So, Interesting.
1: Yeah. I think that's probably one of the things I really like about this movie is that you don't really know... I was trying when I was watching it this last time I was trying to come at it as what if what if I was seeing this for the first time because I've seen this movie so many times like what if I was seeing this for the first time what would I think of this movie mm-hmm. and I'm starting off and you know it starts off kind of a little foreboding and a little dark and you've got these you know guys that are backpacking together and um In typical horror movie fashion, they're kind of joking around with each other and you're like, okay, well, somebody's going to die soon because anytime anybody's like walking around where they're not supposed to in a strange place and they're joking, somebody's going to get killed.
0: Right. Um, get that man a phaser and a red shirt and we'd be all set.
1: Right, right. So I think that's one of the things that I liked about this movie is that it just, up until the point, you know, you get that kind of typical, it feels like a typical horror movie Mm
0: -hmm.
1: up until you get to the point where Well, I'd say even past that point, once they're attacked by the werewolf initially yeah, and then he ends up in the hospital and I think it's to, I almost feel like, I almost feel like it's the first time he transforms into the werewolf. Okay. Like up to that point, it seems like it's a typical horror movie and then, well, no, I take that back. I take that back. The first time uh, his friend Jack shows up as like a zombie type thing. Right. I'll say that's the first time it starts to feel a little bit different because his undead friend is like this crazy upbeat. He's like, Hey David, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. you got like this happy, upbeat zombie friend that only you can see. And I think that's the first time that you really kind of get the sense of, okay, something weird is, uh, something's not right here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, then you get the, I think just the way the music is used in that first transformation scene. Mm-hmm. I think that's when you really start to get a sense of, Hmm okay, this is a horror movie, but it's going to be a quirky horror movie. Right. It made me think a little bit of a... And I've only ever seen a little bit of this movie like on TV late at night, or I don't know how I saw it, but um, there is a movie called Werewolves on Wheels. Okay. It is... You might enjoy it. Okay, I just might. It it is... And I think the trailer... I'll put the trailer audio in here, or I'll uh, I'll, I'll drop it in the show notes, and people can go watch it if they want to. Um, It was advertised as... The first ever motorcycle horror film. Oh. And it's a movie about a motorcycle gang. It's, it's very much, it's a 1971.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, It's very much 1971. It's very
1: 1971. Yeah. Um, and it's very much a movie that you would never find unless you were purposefully looking for it.
0: Okay.
1: So I, I can't imagine that it's on anywhere. I think the whole movie is on YouTube. I'll go look and see, but, um, yeah. Werewolves on wheels. Okay. I feel like that in some ways has the same kind of vibe. Like, I feel like the people who are making that movie were probably not taking themselves too seriously. Right. right. Like, I hope that when they made that movie, they knew they're like, yeah, we're making a movie called Werewolves on Wheels. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know this is not straight up horror. We're just going to kind of have fun with this. And there's going to be some ridiculous stuff going on. Now, I do know that John Landis, I looked this up earlier, John Landis was pretty young. He was actually uh, still a teenager when he wrote kind of his first draft of what would become American werewolf in London. Okay. Um, it was, what was the story I read? He was working on, he was working as a production assistant, um, they were filming somewhere in Europe and he saw somebody buried. What was it? They, he saw somebody was buried and wrapped in garlic, um, like a corpse as part of a funeral procedure was buried feet first and wrapped in garlic. Mm Because the the villagers were afraid he might come back to life. Okay. And he saw that, and he's like, "Oh my god, people have weird superstitious things here. Like this is crazy. There's there's some kind of a story there." And so he ended up writing, and and you know ended up trying to get this movie made for about ten years, and everybody was like, N-no. "No, no, right. no, thank you." Like werewolf movie? No, I think I think we're probably pretty good. And then all of a sudden, around about this time, you start to have a whole bunch of different werewolf movies. Um, you didn't have Teen Wolf until 1985, but, right. um, you know, you had the howling, you had, there's another one called full moon high. Um, you had a few other kind of smaller werewolf movies in the seventies. Um, but, uh, you know, he was trying to get people to help him with this. I know at one point he tried to get Albert Broccoli, mm-hmm. um, the producer of the James Bond movies. Oh yeah. And I was reading in a, in a, in an article, uh, Albert Broccoli's response when he read the script was, um, hell no, it's weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of explains maybe some of the, the hard time he had getting this, uh, getting this made, but um, the makeup, the one thing I did want to not gloss over about this movie is the werewolf, like the transformation, the werewolf um, done by Rick Baker, uh, the, the very famous um, makeup effects designer, and just an outstanding werewolf transformation. And I think one of the things I really liked about this was as a kid, So this probably shows how much of a weird kid I was Mm -hmm. as a little kid. I loved the, um, the, uh, music video thriller. Okay. Loved it. And then later when I found later as a teenager, when I was watching this movie, found out that the same director. So John Landis also directed thriller. Okay. Rick Baker also did the werewolf, uh, makeup and effects for thriller.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: same people that worked on this movie three or four years later, worked on uh, the Michael Jackson video for Thriller.
0: Got it. All right. I'm All like, right.
1: okay, well, I got, you know, two of my favorite things as a kid that dealt with werewolves were done by the exact same people. So Sure. Um,
0: And the effects- Oddly I, enough,
1: thought, oddly I thought, enough I thought, actually, Rick Baker, we're going to talk about ET next week. And Rick Baker actually did one of the first designs for Aliens for the ET movie, even though they right. didn't end up using them. But um, we can, we'll talk about that next week
0: he was in the running. I was going to say I thought the effects were good when the thing was transforming. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, when it was walking around, it, it that I, that kind of took me out. So I but I mean, yeah. you know, I I guess I would have envisioned something else, but when he was sitting there on the ground and all stretched out, I'm like, "Man, that that looks pretty scary. That's pretty cool." Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I think some of the other stuff either had to do with they just didn't want to they didn't really want to show the wolf very much, but mm-hmm you know, e- even when they did, it was fairly well lit. So it wasn't like you were just completely showing it all in darkness. Right. Um, but I think some of those scenes, I think that might have had to do with some, some of the budget type stuff and sure. you know, maybe just the effects of the time. Um, but for what they could do, like I thought that was a really nice, especially that one scene where the guy is getting chased through the underground station. Oh yeah. Oh. And you, yeah. don't, you don't see the wolf at all until you just kind of see its paws creeping forward at that very last part, mm-hmm. you know, just at the, just at the top of the of the tunnel where you can barely see its paws start to walk forward a little bit. Um, I thought that was probably one of the better scenes in the movie and okay. and you don't really even see it at all. It's a little bit like Jaws.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't see it up until you just see glimpses of it and, right. um, yeah. I was, was going to ask you real quick if there's any other like scenes or anything else very, very quickly before I do that. Cause then we'll jump into our five questions. Cause mm-hmm. that might get to some other answers here. The other part that I thought was kind of hilarious. And I know that we're a, we strive to be a family friendly show. Um, mm-hmm. so let me just say this part very quickly. The adult film that is featured in the movie yeah. was filmed by John Landis. They filmed it especially for this movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it was filmed to be as ridiculous as possible. Yeah. It is still, I, I think it's hilarious. Um, and the fact that you have that scene taking place in that type of a theater at the end of the movie, um, sitting there with his friends, he's sitting there with his friend, his undead friend, uh, Jack and, and he's like, "Oh man, the, the acting is not good in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I won't say any more about that scene because we are, we, we do try to be a family friendly podcast, but, uh, that is probably one of my, one of my favorite parts of the movie. Cause I think it is one of the funniest parts of the movie. Um, and knowing that they just, they filmed that themselves to have in the movie to be just as ridiculous as everything else. Yes. Do you have a favorite scene in the
0: movie? I, you know what, I, I don't know if I, if I do. Um, there were scenes that kind of creeped me out, or scenes that's like, dude, why are you doing that? Like, you know, you're going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you know, though that was good. I, I think, like you said, that I think the scene that was done the scariest, and they really used the effects they had at the time, was when they were first out on the moors and they were being chased by the thing, but you never saw it.
1: Yeah, you oh, hear I, it. You hear it howling or growling in the background, right?
0: And that was kind of like they—they they knew what the limitations of the times were and made mm-hmm. a pretty scary thing, you know, within the, the 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 construct of what they were able to do or within their own limitations. So I guess that would have been my my favorite scene. I can't say that I necessarily enjoyed it because I don't necessarily enjoy horror like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that was definitely, you know, the the mission accomplished piece. Um, right. So yeah. That's, that's, that's how I'd feel about that. Yeah. And, and, and it was, it like I said, it was good. And I don't want to, I don't want to knock it, but I mean, it's like, I'm thinking like, well, why did I love evil dead so much more, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I or, or why do I watch like love ash versus evil dead? Because I mean, mm-hmm. that, and somehow maybe cause the, the comedy was more on the nose mm-hmm. or, and maybe that was just the actor. Who's the guy that always play- who plays ash? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. maybe that's because Bruce Campbell could bring that out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But when I put because those, I mean, I've got limited experience with the horror or the kind of comedic horror genre. But I don't know this one, and I won't I don't disagree that it does have it's supposed to be com- comedy, but maybe I just need it more on the nose or, you know, some of the there was some funny bits and so but it, it and I what I'm struggling with is I should just say, it kind of fell short for me, but I don't want to rip the movie because maybe it's just. I'm not picking up on those things, but it was there were funny parts, but I, I just think like that the the other, I don't say it, Ash in the Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness, they were able to get that comedy a little bit more prevalent to where you were, oh, you know, every situation was a little bit more ridiculous or there was a humorous context for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like like I mean, think of think of Gremlins. Okay, I'm gonna pause for the spoilers. I mean, that was a movie that had some funny stuff in it. I mean, the guy ended up, you know, shoved in the mailbox or pulled in the mailbox and we all kind of laughed at it. In this, when the guy was getting chased through the subway, I didn't really find much to laugh at.
1: Right. Right.
0: Do do you know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, it's,
1: it's an odd mixture of the horror parts are clearly horror. Right. With some of the comedy stuff mixed in.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a quirky combination of the two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So.
1: I will say one of my one of my favorite lines in the movie. Um, it's a reference that kind of comes back again, but you you might miss it uh, okay. if you haven't seen this movie multiple times. Okay. Um, there's a part, there's a point where David is talking to Jack. I think it's maybe the first time he shows up as zombie Jack, mm-hmm. and he says, "I will not be threatened by a walking meatloaf." Yes, he says that to him. And then the funniest part, though, is when he's transforming into the werewolf for the first time. Mm-hmm. and he's like screaming. He's like, Oh God, it hurts. It hurts. And at one point while he's transforming, he goes, I didn't mean to call you a meatloaf, Jack. <laughs> I don't think I caught that the first few times. It was like, he's in the middle of transport. So that kind of shows you the humor of this movie, right? Is that you're in the middle of what's supposed to be this terrifying transformation and he's cracking jokes. Right? So it's, it's a bit of a quirky and I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought up the evil dead stuff. Cause it's a bit, the evil dead stuff is a little bit more obvious and a little mm-hmm. bit, like you said, a little bit more on the nose. Um, but I think that this movie is very much, I think if you're somebody who likes the evil dead movies, you'd like this movie. Right. Is my thought.
0: Got it. Yeah, no, I agree. Agreed.
1: All right. Do you have anything else you want to say about the movie before we move into our five questions?
0: No, but fun movie. I'm glad I checked it out and good choice because you know, uh, everything you said was exactly right. You wanted to get this out there for people that maybe hadn't seen it. Now I definitely fell into the category and I would have never seen it if you wouldn't have called it up for the podcast. So there yeah, really? it was fun. It, it was an hour and a half of my life that I don't need back. I, I'd watch it again. There you go.
1: Mission accomplished. Uh do not. Now I have I have not seen it, but I have been told by other friends who have seen it and enjoyed this one don't necessarily go see the sequel in American Werewolf in Paris. Okay. It's it's supposed to be not very good.
0: Okay. So I
1: I I am curious to see it at some point. I was actually going to try to watch it before we did this podcast mm-hmm. just so I could comment on it, didn't get a chance to. I have heard it's not very good. Okay. So if anybody else out there has watched American Werewolf in Paris and would like to refute that or agree with that, feel free to drop us a line and let me know. But I have avoided that one just because I was always told it was not good. Got
0: it. Okay.
1: So there's that. All right. So we've got five questions this time around. So here are our five questions for an American Werewolf in London. All
0: right he asks
1: each traveler
0: five questions it's impossible to answer impossible because you don't know the
1: answer nobody could answer that question
0: you've got to ask yourself one question what are you asking me for i don't know what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things i have ever heard and may god have mercy on your soul
1: all right question number one if you were some kind of were animal what would you want to transform into
0: i would you know i hate to be generic, but. Probably a wolf. Okay. Just cause I like running through the woods and you know, I just, tr- I try, I try to be one of the good ones that like didn't eat other people or attack other people, but it'd just be fun to just go kind of run through the woods.
1: Okay. All right. Fair so enough. That's what I'm
0: going to say. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Um, I did ask some of my family members these questions and um, Nora's answer. I don't remember what John's answer was. Uh, Nora's answer was a were shark.
0: A were shark? Oh She'd
1: my be gosh! A were shark? So okay, okay, all right. And maybe that's like King Shark from uh, the Flash TV show.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I chose because I always loved the character from the Batman animated series. I chose a were bat. Okay. Like Man Bat, the character from the sure character for the Batman comics and the Batman animated series. It was the guy. Um, was it uh, Doctor Langstrom? Was that his name? And he would turn into the Man Bat when there was a full moon. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So of all the, now this one might be kind of tough for you because I know you're not a, you're not a horror movie connoisseur, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen a few, but uh, of all the werewolf movies that exist, what is your favorite design for a werewolf or wolf man?
0: Um, you know, I, I kind of like, uh, I'm going to just go with the Harry Potter thing. Okay. So I, I think I'll, I think I'll go with that. Okay. And, and you know what? I, and I just got to say again: are, How do you get, we, should, do? We have to do a spoiler warning for that. Are there any? I'm trying to think of the series. Am I? Doing yeah, it? I go for it. Okay.
1: Nope. it's okay. Unless okay. it's unless it's one I haven't seen, but
0: okay. But you've read the books.
1: We've well, we let's see. We're in the middle of Goblet of Fire.
0: Oh, okay. So you, you already know. Okay. So you're yeah, good doing yeah. that. All right. But there's see, but there's no way to preempt that because we're talking where creatures. Mm-hmm. Maybe just strike that. i think. I'll try and think of another answer. But I, I like. Okay. I like the way they portray that in the movie. Okay. All right. So
1: that's fine. Well, that's acceptable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So that I think that would be mine. All right. Um, I had, for this one, I had a few different ones that I kind of had in mind. There's a movie called Dog Soldiers, okay. uh, where they kind of turn into half man, half werewolf type deals, uh, or half man, half wolves. The, the original Wolfman, of course, that's a classic one. You know, it's, okay. it's not fancy. You know, the effects are not fancy, but for the time, what was it, 1940? 41,
0: mm-hmm. maybe.
1: Uh, I mean, I just love those movies. And then you've yeah. you show him in Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein and just um, any of the old uh, kind of Lon Chaney, Wolfman movies. Uh, Monster Squad, I always thought the Wolfman, uh, you know, Nards and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wolfman and Monster Squad, I always thought was a great design for one of them. I think, you know, even though he's a little wonky looking uh, when he's walking around, I think this movie probably has my favorite uh, werewolf design. Okay, cool. Just kind of like the face and the, especially the transformation part, just the the effects that went into that and everything. I think this is probably my, maybe my favorite uh, werewolf from a movie.
0: Okay, cool.
1: And I say that having not seen any of the, like the underworld movies or oh. any of those movies, I didn't know they have werewolves in them and all that. I haven't seen any of those. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with what I know. I'm going to go American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Uh, number three, David uh, gets to see a few of the sites while he's on vacation and murdering slash terrorizing the British citizenry. If you had one day in London, where would you go?
0: Oh, geez, one day in London, where would I go? <sighs> I don't know, man. I'd have to have you tell me that. I, I just, my, I, you know what? What the heck, Trafalgar Square. We'll call okay. that. Here you go. Because the only other thing I'd say is to visit an old RAF, like you know, bomber base yeah. or, or like a, a, a you know a base that used to have the Spitfires, but that's not in London. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. if we're talking in London, I'll just say Trafalgar Square. Okay. Fair
1: enough. Um, We were throwing out some different ideas for this because I obviously used to live there. Um, Most of my memories though, a lot of the places that I used to go to are all closed down. There was a great, you know, when I was a kid, there was a six story toy store uh, that was in London, not too far away from Piccadilly Circus. Okay. That was always fun to go to. Every time we went to London, that was always a trip we had to make. Um, The where we would stop off before we would get on the train to go home every time we went to London was the Tower Records store, huge multi story record store, um, right in the heart of Piccadilly Circus, okay. uh, right there. So we'd go to that all the time. Um, you know, they would have just the entire streets and neighborhoods of like bookstores stuff like that. That would be, you know, those would always be good places, but Sharon and I agreed that if we had one day in London, we'd recreate our date that we had when we were in high school. We had, uh, my family was going to Rome for Mm -hmm. spring break with a, a few days stop off in London. And at the same time, uh, she was on a senior trip with a bunch of the other high schoolers from our high school and they were in London. And we got special permission from the uh the teacher who was kind of the head chaperone of this trip. Um, we got special permission. I I, you know, sent her a letter to the to the teacher and I said, Hey, I used to live in London. Um, do you mind if I take Sharon out and and we go on a date one night and um and then I bring her back to the hotel by this time and Mm -hmm. whatever? And uh so we went to go see a show in London. Um, I think we saw the stage play of Amadeus.
0: Oh fun. Oh, there Um, you go. Yeah,
1: it was really good. And uh we went to an Indian restaurant for dinner. So Okay. Perfect. Indian restaurant stage show in London. We would, we just recreate that one.
0: Cool. Very cool.
1: Number four, which would you prefer to play chess or darts? Yes. Yeah.
0: I'm equally poor at both, but I mean, it's funny. uh, Dominic is learning chess and my gosh, he just played me into a a draw the other day. Really? I mean, we literally had only our Kings left. I'm like, dang, how does he... So I don't know. I really like playing chess and it's one of those things that, you know, when I get old and retire, maybe I'll actually learn how to really play well. Yeah. Um, But I really like chess, but I'll tell you, it's, it's fun to go throw darts too. Mm -hmm. So. uh, Okay. If I had to choose, I, I'd say yes.
1: No, that works. All right. That's fine. Um, I said roughly the same thing. I said, I would probably choose darts okay because I really enjoy playing darts but I'm much better at chess
0: okay are you pretty are you pretty stellar a uh, chess player?
1: I used to be like I'm a, I'm way out of practice like when I lived in England used to go to tournaments all the time do stuff oh, like course. that but I'm very much out of practice um you know I, I play the kids you know whenever they want to play Nora wanted to play the other day because we were watching Jeopardy and one of the questions had to do with chess and so immediately when the show was over she pulls out the chess set she's like mm-hmm. let's play yeah so I are like, oh, well, I'm not I'm not turning that down so we'll we'll play um. I do have, for one of my, I forget if it was birthday or Christmas, uh, my wife bought me the uh, chess set, kind of the um, kind of the smoky glass and the clear glass chess set like they have at the end of the first X-Men movie.
0: Okay, cool. So I
1: have that. I have that chess set. That's one of my favorites.
0: That's cool. Um,
1: so I used to be much, much better at it, and I'm really not good at darts at all. Okay. Um, and I do have a dartboard here at the house. I just don't have anywhere to put it right now where when I miss, it wouldn't ruin the walls. Okay. So I enjoy both. I'm much better at chess
0: got it got it well i need to i need to up my chess game i just need you know i can play reactionary and just kind of guard my pieces but i mean i can mm. easily get outplayed by someone that knows strategy and all that okay. and uh, darts i mean i threw a lot of darts in college it's kind of like hit or miss for me no pun intended but yeah. uh i do like playing do you play any specific games cricket i love playing cricket That's
1: well like just... cr- cricket as in the sport
0: no the the dart game, the dart game? yes no. Yeah, there's No, spec- I just
1: throw with the board and hope I get close to the middle.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, there's actually a specific game called cricket and you got to hit so many in okay. each ring and number and and I'll tell you I, I remember playing a lot of that in college. So, anyways.
1: No, I I played cricket, cricket, but not Yeah, no.
0: Not dark not dart. Cricket. No, that actually yeah, I th- this is the dart one. This this relates. That okay. wasn't like a wild tangent or something. Okay. Okay.
1: I I'm fine with wild tangents. Okay. That's okay. Um Have you ever, question five, have you ever traveled somewhere and felt out of place? As in, it was very, very clear that you were a foreigner and not a local. Yes. Tell me your story.
0: So when we went to Ireland, okay, we went to Ireland and uh, our thing was very simple. Like we had, uh, you know, relatives that we were going to connect with for the first time. Uh, My mom knew and all that. And we had the sites that we wanted to see. So we basically just, uh, as they say, hired a car and picked up an Atlas because like GPS was still really in its infancy. Well, GPS for civilians was very much in its infancy, and uh, so we just got a, a, an atlas, and I drove, and Tammy navigated, and we just drove around Ireland, and uh, we ended up in this town right in the midst of Ireland, and uh, we pulled in, and it was a Sunday, and it was like a Sunday morning, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, everyone was a church, okay, And uh, you know, obviously we'd been traveling all morning, so we missed we missed mass, but uh we were getting there and we're like, well, let's stop for a bite to eat. And we were reading through, you know, the Rick Steves and the Lonely Planet. And there was I mean, and this this was a small town. I mean, this was very much off the tourist track. Uh, there was no department of tourism there. And um, so you know, we kind of just drove in and we were looking for places to eat and we'd done some reading that they're like, Yeah, pubs mostly serve food and Sunday mornings and and it was like something that you literally uh, read out of a book we ended up in a pub uh, where we got there and we said do do you serve food and everything oh yeah come right in and they let us in and everything and then you know mass got done because all of a sudden like the place just got stacked with people and families and the kids were running around and there was um uh, Irish uh, whatever the Irish sport is the, the Irish field hockey or whatever I, I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called but they had that they had rugby they had three different soccer or they would call it football games on and i mean it was literally like okay this is Sunday. We're watching the games. We're hanging. We just hung out in the corner. We had some interesting some kids like come up and kind of give us funny looks and all that. And some people come, you know, came up and asked us where we were from. And and uh and so it was a very cool experience. Um, but right before that, very awesome experience. We drove into town and everyone was at mass and we pulled up to this one pub and we opened the door, you know, and we kind of like looked in. And as we we like stepped in, and as we stepped in, there were these people like sitting at a at a um at the bar and it was dark. I mean, it was like completely blacked out, which outside it was like broad daylight, but inside it was completely dark. There was like one or two lights hanging down from the ceiling. And there was like a big, I don't know if it was a German shepherd or a big wolfhound or something. There was a couple of big dogs sitting in there. And so we walked in and it was just like, Oh, and, uh, they, you know, the guy looked up and it's like, you know, something like, what do you be wanting or something like that? And it was like, And I just said, I'm terribly sorry to disturb you. We were just looking for some food. We're just travelers. We're just, you know, and it was kind of like hands up and just kind of backing away. And we got something like, you Yanks, get out of here and try up the street, you Mm -hmm. know. And it was basically like that. Like, just get out of here and go somewhere else. And we're like, very sorry to trouble you. Have a great day. And it was like, we're backing out. We're backing out. Okay, (laughs) the door is shut. Get to the car. Let's get, you know, like that kind of thing. And so the story really didn't evolve much from there. But yeah, we drove away and we were both laughing like, dang, that was, uh, yeah, we, okay, they, they, yes. And then we found this other pub and it was like completely warm and inviting and very exciting. So it was kind of funny.
1: Now, see, had you seen this movie before, you could have just like mentioned the Alamo and you would have been fine.
0: Yeah, that would have been it.
1: You you just, you needed an icebreaker. That's all you needed.
0: Yeah. I, I I don't know, John, that I, I, yeah.
1: No, no breaking the ice there.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think it was just, let's just walk back, maintain eye contact at all times, you know, there go. get in the car, lock them. Let's go. (laughs) Roll them up. Roll them up.
1: All right. I think I, I tried try to think of some different, um, some different cases. We, we jokingly said sometimes in our hometown, uh, we feel like, well, we I
0: have had those. Don't two belong. Are, I'm trying to avoid them, but mm-hmm.
1: right. Right. Um, I think the one I'm going to go with is just, there was a couple of different times that I, that we went to Paris. Uh, we probably went to Paris more than any other, um, continental European city. Munich came close. I think we were in Munich twice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we went to Paris maybe three, three times mm-hmm. at different points when we lived over in London. And just, I'm going to say this without making our French listeners angry. Okay. Um, I, I definitely don't want to make some blanket statement and say that all Parisians are, are rude. Mm-hmm. Um, but the times where we had the rudest interactions mm-hmm. or just the times where we were made to feel not welcome in a certain place in some ways, uh, just incidentally happened to happen, uh, happened to take place in Paris. Okay. So beautiful city, lovely people, but
0: Mm -hmm. just
1: some of the times on the continent, like we never ran into that, or I don't remember running into that in Munich. Right. Like crazy friendly people in Munich. But the one that I remember uh, most of any of the others was we were in Paris and this was kind of a combination business trip for my dad and, and then vacation for us. And he had gone off and was, you know, probably had a, a business meeting or something. And so we were left, my mom and my brother and my sister and I were left to do whatever we wanted to do for a few hours in Paris
0: mm-hmm.
1: while he was in this meeting. So we were trying to, we were walking and, and I think we weren't too far away from the Louvre, the art museum. Mm-hmm. And we stopped a, there was a policeman on horseback and I remember we stopped him. And at that point I was the only one in the family who had taken French in school. So I was really the only one who knew any kind of French at all. Right. Uh, so my mom thought that would be a great way for me to practice my French. And so I was directed by my mother to ask the policeman where is the Louvre like can mm-hmm. we get some directions for the Louvre and so in in my best possible um you know recently transplanted from Texas to England accent that I could muster right I asked est le Louvre like where mm-hmm. is the Louvre and he kept stopping me he's like no Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you mean? No, I did. As far as I know, I asked you the right question. Unless my French teacher in school is teaching me the wrong way to ask the question, mm-hmm. I know I've asked you the right question. I know I've used the right words, even as basic as my French probably was. I know I've, no, say le Louvre.
0: <laughs>
1: right. That's what I said. Le Louvre. No, no, le Louvre. Yeah. I really don't care that I'm not pronouncing like a little tiny bit of the R right there. I just want to know where the art museum is. And he would not let it go until I pronounced it correctly. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So that's how we're going to treat the tourists. Yes. So other people, very, very lovely. That policeman, maybe not so much. Right, right. So, all yeah. right. Well, that's going to do it for our episode on American Werewolf in London. Uh, Pat, what would you give this one out of five?
0: Uh, I always do either five out of five or zero out of five. So I'm really trying to break out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess... Well, if I say four out of five, that's good, right? Sure, that's a B. Is is, is what a, is three out of five seems a little bit harsh. Three out of five is a D. Oh, geez, I don't want to do that. Okay, so let's say like three point eight nine six out of five.
1: Three point eight nine six. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot. So you're going to give that number to the English major to round up to, okay all right I, I got it i got it
0: what is that that gives it like an like an 82 percent. it 82%. was my
1: understanding there would be no math on the podcast okay all right so um that was always one of my favorite skits in saturday night live when chevy chase is doing the presidential debate right and they ask him yeah. questions like statistical questions and he's is he supposed to be i forget which president he's supposed to gerald be gerald ford it was gerald <laughs> ford yeah yeah it's my was understanding that there would be no math during the debates
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I thought you were um, going to bring up after your sp- thing about France. I thought you were going to bring up Alec Baldwin playing the French teacher. You've seen that, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's always correcting everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I would. I, okay, so here's the thing. I don't want to diss it because I mean, I mean, clearly people like it, and I don't want to just pass on it because it's not my cup of tea. Oh yeah, no, I yeah. guess I guess more you give it music. a rating
1: based on how you
0: feel. More music. Okay. And I, I guess more comedy and maybe the music maybe the music would have just cleared it up but it was like i, I guess i like the stuff that that goes a little bit more to the comedic side of things okay. and i'll even say like you know a, like, li- a little
1: more ghostbusters elmer bernstein
0: yeah a little bit more okay. ghost well uh, i didn't even i don't even remember the music in this like and i was like listening yeah. for it and i'm like okay. hey, man, i'm not hearing nothing and no uh,
1: the score is really not detectable at all
0: yeah so i mean a little bit more music to tell me how i'm supposed to feel about the movie i think would help and then if it is the comedy i mean they had it and they had some plenty of funny setups i i guess i just like it a little bit more on the nose you know a little bit more ghostbusters like or evil dead 2 i mean i won't even say like go as far as like what army of darkness or ash does just evil dead 2 where i was a little unsure of that one as well you know you guys kind of said no give it another shot see army of dark you know and and all Mm -hmm. that um so I, I would say uh, you know I, I can't go four, but I don't want to go three. I mean that's okay yeah, yeah. So
1: all right, I'll I'll average your numbers. Yeah, that's fine. I'm giving it a four and a half. So that'll oh, okay, okay. That'll bring so up that'll bring up the average a little bit.
0: Yeah, well then maybe I should go four. No,
1: should, no, no, uh, no, no, no. You no no no. I'm not changing it. We're sticking with the three point eight oh, nine six, whatever pie. <sighs> now I'm just thinking about pie.
0: You know what? Speaking of pie, have you ever seen like check please?
1: check please Where they go yes w.
0: Mm-hmm. i love that but i always get angry when someone disses the restaurant and i'm like dude <laughs> really you're going to sit there mm-hmm. right next to the guy it's his favorite restaurant and you're going to mm-hmm. sit there and say and tammy goes well that's the point they're just giving their honest review i said they should right. it to themselves and i don't want to be that guy i might be coming that guy
1: well it's kind of the point of me asking you what your what your review is
0: well tammy tried to tell me that about check please too and i still yeah. get angry at the people that diss the guy's favorite restaurant well
1: maybe tammy's right
0: Well, let's be honest, Tammy's usually (laughs) right. It just doesn't mean that I feel good about it.
1: That's true. That's true. All right. Well, the last thing I want to say about this movie, because I do not want to, I I realized I probably didn't mention this before. My favorite, my absolute favorite part of this movie Mm -hmm. is the very ending.
0: Oh yeah! You
1: have the super dramatic. You know, she's professing her love to him, um, and and I could back up for a second and say that actually Nurse Price may be one of my favorite parts of this movie too. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's a completely different conversation. Different. Yeah. Um. Yes. Mm, okay. Um. You know, very heartfelt. I love you, David. You know, you you can see his eyes, the werewolf's eyes, soften for just a second. And then he starts to leap for her. He's gunned down. She's sobbing. The police rush in. His dead body is there, riddled with bullets. <laughs> and immediately it cuts to the credits. That has got to be one of my favorite endings of a movie
0: ever. Oh, my God. Oh, my I God.
1: love because that just sums up the entire movie. And I just I love how that movie
0: ends. I know. I I thought I was going to wake everybody up. I was laughing so hard at that. I know.
1: I, mean, I know. <sighs> All right. Maybe, well, that's going to be
0: Maybe I got to change my answer to four because maybe that's the point. Maybe the whole setup of the movie is just to make that when they play that. Just to that, get you to
1: that point, yeah.
0: I, maybe that's it. They were
1: playing the long game. I mean, okay.
0: you know what? Honestly, I might just need to give it a five out of five just for that because I'm, <laughs> I'm just laughing. I mean, like I seriously want to hang up for the podcast and say, Tammy, you've got to spend an hour and a half watching this just for the last <laughs> I mean, it really it really was pretty amazing, yeah. wasn't it?
1: <laughs> I have to. Every time I watch that movie, I have to go. I, I actually end up watching the last... Three minutes of the movie, yeah, at least four times whenever I watch this movie. Oh, I know. I, I back it up and I'll watch it again, and I'll just—I even had that video on YouTube, and I would just put it on a loop for a while and just watch that final scene where he goes into the alley, she goes in with him, they gun him down, and <laughs> immediately the bomba bomba dang dang dang. And I told the kids one time, I played the song for him in the car. I said, "Hey, you know what, guys?" And they were—I think they were arguing with each other, being kind of grumpy. And I said, "You know what? I'm going to stop, you guys. I need you to stop arguing." I'm going to play you a song that you cannot listen to without smiling. Yep. And they're like, what? It doesn't exist. What's Okay. Just give me a second. So I pulled it up on my phone and, and started it up and immediately both John was trying not to, but Nora would just burst out laughing. She's like, what is this? And I said, Oh, just, just, just listen. It's fun. And I think I must've played it over and over again. And finally they were like, okay, fine. We'll get along. We'll get along. Just don't play it anymore.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Oh, Dang.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for an American <laughs> werewolf in London. Uh, if you want to catch any of our other episodes, go to 30podcast.com at 30podcast on Twitter. We've got a voicemail line if you want to call in and share your dulcet tones with us and let us know what you like about these movies or what you don't like. Either way, we'll we'll listen to it and respond.
0: But be careful of um, John's favorite movie, so don't you know.
1: Well, don't, it's, not, I don't, it's not my favorite movie. I really
0: well, like it. It's the one that we all got to see.
1: That's true. you got to go see right. it. Yeah, if you so, haven't okay. given it a try, you gotta, you got to do it. So uh, our last movie for May, and the movies we missed, uh, is Jeff. Uh, Jeff has chosen E.T. from 1982, so that's the one we'll be doing next week. If you're looking ahead to June, uh, we've got Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Drugstore Cowboy, Tango and Cash, and Roadhouse. So if you're looking forward to some of those, those are what's coming up in June. Um, that's going to do it for us this time. Thank you for being here with me, Pat. Thank you, John. Uh, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time. Bomba bomba dang dang dang, dang, dang,
0: I, I can't, you have to end with that. I mean, that has... have, I'm, I'm going to
1: put that music at the end of the podcast. Oh, so just, just, wow. so we know.
0: you know, what now, now that I'm talking it all out, I think that's the whole point. I think that's like, you know, when my family up in Minnesota would tell a joke and then suddenly the joke involves a story about, you know, one of our aunts and then a story that, and it just keeps going. It's like, what's the point? And then wha-bam, mm-hmm. I think that's
1: mm-hmm. Pat. I can't believe that you gave this movie a score of less than four. ba 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 Bomb for dang it, dang, dang, for ding it all You
0: knew just what I was there for. You heard me say never moon someone I really <laughs> And then the